Hello and welcome to the Generation Gap from Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. So today we're going to be talking about dating apps with myself, Anna and with Clive. Hi Clive. Hello. Hello. Um, So today I thought I'd kind of lead the introduction because I thought that it would be interesting to talk about dating apps I'm at an age where kind of I'm thinking about all these things and I've recently experimented with them and I thought it'd be interesting to discuss um between Clive and I about our different perspectives um especially as we are different generations and kind of see where we stand with them okay I think that's very reasonable because obviously I am somebody who is not using dating apps because I've been married for a long time in fact a long (laughs) before there were such things as dating apps so I don't really feel I know a lot about them but obviously I do have some prejudices I think probably which will come out I think maybe yes but when I came to think about this podcast I thought what I'm going to do first is just think about what I think about dating apps kind of strip it back and so kind of to lead us into the podcast I thought um I'd say that I started experimenting with dating apps this year after I attended a party um, and my friends had kind of had experimented with dating apps and I thought you know what I'm on a bit of a gap here I may as well give this a go um, see what it's like I was just quite curious I was quite curious um, I was specifically curious about how they work and if dating app users had had successful relationships come from them Um, but then kind of as time went on I developed some feelings about the dating apps and actually, on the whole, I did feel kind of a sense of negativity. But bearing in mind, I only use two dating apps, only two, as she says. But um, I just kind of, I was on one and then I thought I'd get another one. To, actually, I say that I've actually used three. <laughs> just remember, God, all my secrets coming out now. But yeah, one of, I think I've overwhelmingly felt a negative kind of affiliation with them because I just think dating apps focus, what I, my perception was, I think dating apps focus massively on image. Um, especially kind of Tinder because you're swiping left, you're swiping right. I don't know if listeners know much about the dating apps, but um, Tinder kind of you, uh, what do you do? So you kind of fill in a little bio, but you don't have to. You can have a little bio, um, then you just add photos. And that's kind of the main part of the app. And then you swipe left or right, depending if you like the look of the person or if you don't. And I just didn't like how they focus so strongly on image when I think rather than your bio or your interest. And I just think that's quite, I just didn't really agree with that. I think image is not everything, but I suppose you do have to have, I believe you do have to have like a physical attraction to somebody. But anyway, yeah. What do you think about that, Clive? It's where one of my prejudices comes in, obviously, because I think yeah. the it's very superficial, obviously, looking at images. And exactly. um, you're also making an assumption that the photo that you're looking at really is the person who is claiming to be that person. And I'm very suspicious of anything online like that anyway. So I think I probably regard that as really rather dubious, I think. Um, mm. But, I mean, I think the, the thing which some do, I don't know if any of the real dating apps do this, but previously, I mean, the early days of the web, there was quite a lot of um, uh, dating sort of sites where they did something which was uh, rather different. Um, and they made you fill in quite a long sort of questionnaire profile thing, which asked you all sorts of questions, obviously the basic stuff about, you know, your, your name and your height, colour of your hair, colour of your eyes, a few things like that. Um, um, and then it went into things like your sort of interests. 
So, you know, perhaps your favorite music, any particular films you like, TV programs, whether you're a cat or a dog lover, all those kind of questions. <laughs> yeah. Probably probably 30 or 40 such questions. And then the, the computer system then went off and matched you with um, people answering questions in the same way as you to a large extent. So if you've had 40 questions and 30 of them you've answered and they match you up with somebody who's got another 30 uh, similar ones, then they, they, the assumption is that you will meet someone who is interested in the same things as you and has perhaps the same opinions as you and therefore you will get on very well. I think that's a fairly reasonable assumption, but of course it may be quite boring to actually um, be dating someone who agrees with you entirely on everything. I think that's probably not a very good idea. <laughs> I do, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I was thinking that as well. So I mean, the the things like Tinder is, I say, completely visual thing. It, it seems to be a bit superficial, and I don't really see that. Um, just because you see someone and think, "Oh, he looks and I look nice," or whatever, that's going to really be the start of a, a long relationship. <laughs> marriage <laughs> but the thing is um I also was thinking I do I actually I do agree because I did feel quite skeptical when I was on dating I'm not on them anymore but um when I was on them I did I I always was questioning like oh is this actually them especially if they didn't have many photos I was like have they just like screenshotted this from the internet I don't know it was it was hard I just didn't like it I because also I think I think as well dating apps maybe suit different personalities because I'm quite I'm I thrive more when I'm in person with somebody than I do online like I'm, I'm fine online but as in my how I come across I think I come across a lot better in person because I'm quite social and like chatty and everything like that so maybe for people who are a bit more shy dating apps are good because it gives them the kind of confidence to and a springboard to talk to other people but something to remember is which I didn't really realize because I didn't do much research for dating apps I just went for the ones that I knew of um, that there are actually quite a few different dating apps and they're all kind of different um, depending on what you're looking for. Um, so I think maybe it'll be quite interesting to talk about those for a little bit because I didn't really realise that there's best, so best for meetups and hookups is Tinder according to a website that I looked at. Um, and then Hinge is like good for quality. Like There's loads of different ones, but then there's specific ones for queer women, queer people, gay men, um, busy daters mature daters people who want to travel pro for professionals meeting up right away like there's lots of different and if I was going to use dating apps again I definitely would kind of target a dating app that would specifically match what I'm looking for or what I want but um I did also think about talking about being skeptical about things I did think about the algorithms that dating apps use and I find that really interesting because dating apps are all based on algorithms that's kind of how it works I feel like and I was quite skeptical of that, but maybe, but as I kind of did a bit more research, I was thinking, actually, that's quite a clever thing. It's quite cool, but I don't know. I still think meeting people in real life, the things that have worked best for me in the past is when I've met someone in real life. And I think I believe that will always be the case. But, but then again, sorry, before um, you interject, but um, then again, I do think, I do know people actually, people who are, like, I know quite well who've actually had long-term, in a long-term relationship and have met on a dating app. So that's quite interesting. 
Right. I mean, I think to me, I'd sort of step back a little bit and say, well, you know, what's the old fashioned way of doing this sort of meeting someone? And I would like to compare, say, for example, you go down the pub with some friends of yours, maybe girlfriends, uh, have a few drinks. And there's perhaps there's a, a bunch of boys or men um, somewhere nearby as well. And, you know, they start sort of um, looking at you and maybe they one of them comes <laughs> over and chats to you and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and then perhaps you follow up with a date with one of those those people um now to me that's kind of the old-fashioned way of doing things not necessarily a pub but it's a sort of good example Um, yes if you compare with how that works i mean obviously there's a real person who you can see and who you can talk to and obviously talking to them there's mannerisms and ways they talk and what they talk about which will all give you little clues about whether you know the sort of person you might get to know quite well or like or whatever um whereas online you know you're you're basically having a conversation a chat presumably um actually with, with words i mean you're typing them i think aren't you rather than actually speaking to someone um mm. and obviously you're you're what they're telling you there could be not true. I mean, obviously, the photo may or may not really be them, or it might be them 20 years ago, for example. Um, mm. And also, obviously, their their name, where they live, what they do, all those things are sort of made up. And I think the person you meet in real life, they can t- still tell you stories. They can still lie about their name or their age or something like that. But you you'd kind of pick up on those things, I think, quite easily. So it seems to me meeting in real life is really quite different from um doing it online and it's it's really about trust i suppose that you know you can't trust what people are telling you online and although you may not trust people telling you something in person uh they're probably going to give away a bit you know you, you can sort of see the way they they act and what they're telling you maybe if they were the friends and they're telling a story which the friends know isn't true you'd soon pick that up for example um mm. so i think that's the, the big difference to me um, you say it's sorry, you do you say it's old fashioned like go sorry um going up to somebody in a bar but I don't think that actually or a pub sorry I don't think that is because um with my age group when I go out like if I want if I want to talk to somebody I would feel nervous about it but I would just go up to them that's I think that is the best way like to meet somebody um yeah, well, I said it's yeah. old-fashioned, but obviously it could have happened before the internet, whereas nowadays the internet is the other option. But, I mean, I think it's still probably a, a thing that happens all the time, I'm sure. Um, yeah. And and it just seems to me that that's a more sort of way of doing things which you have some degree of trust. And I think it is trust that's the important element in this. I agree. I also think with dating apps, um, there's a bit of an issue with meeting up with the people because I thought if I ever got in a situation where I wanted to meet up with someone I'd met on a dating app I'd feel really nervous about it and I don't know how I'd go about it I don't know if I tell my mom I don't know if I'd tell my friends I would probably tell my friends would I have a friend nearby I'd meet and I'd always I think if I was going to meet with someone I'd always try and meet them in somewhere that I know for example in St Albans in a pub that I know or something like that so I feel safe um, and also talking about that, have you heard of something called Ask for Angela? Well, indeed I have, yes. And that's where you yeah. basically, if you go to the bar and, and say, is Angela in? It's telling them that you're a bit worried and that you're perhaps a bit nervous about the situation you're in and they'll do something to help you get out exactly. of it. Exactly. Um, I mean, the other way, of mm-hmm. course, is the, the classic sort of Hollywood thing, isn't it? You, you ask one of your friends to ring you up after an hour and then you can say, oh, thank you and, and whatever 
or the call or you can pretend that there's some emergency that you're being notified about and you've got to leave immediately <laughs> yeah i didn't even think of that but yeah that's so true you could do that i, mean, I think that um certainly somebody else i spoke about this to i mean the sort of thing i thought was quite interesting was that she was um very much someone who organized these things so if she was going to meet someone she didn't know um she met somewhere um you know she would make sure it was in a public place um perhaps more like a cafe during the daytime rather than the pub in the evening for example for a first date and obviously she would tell people including her parents exactly where she was going and the name of the person she was meeting and, and other things like that um just to feel safe that somebody would know where she'd been if there was a problem mm. now obviously um you don't anticipate these problems but at the same time you're always aware of obviously news stories about people who've been uh, abducted or worse um in such circumstances and although it's something you wouldn't hope to ever get involved in you have to treat it seriously and um, my standard joke on this would be that what you don't do is meet somebody at midnight down in the deserted warehouse because that's obviously um, not a very likely place to uh, meet up for a successful meeting. <laughs> All those deserted warehouses <laughs> around us. Um, uh, that yeah, I actually yeah, I think that's sensible. I always this leads me on to the topic of what do you do as your first date? I never know what I do. Well, actually, I have been on first dates, but I wouldn't know. I, I never know what to do. I don't know where to do an activity, go for food, like meet in the. I think meeting in the day is much better, actually. It's more casual and, yeah, I prefer that. I think that if you're in, say, a cafe, then you can stay with the person as long as the first drink if you want and get a second coffee if you want to keep going longer. Um, but you have these out really saying, oh, you know, thank you very much and um, I'm, I'm off now. I've got to go and do something or I've got to meet somebody else or whatever That's it is. That's true. Um, so Whereas, it, it doesn't mm. sound too desperate. <laughs> um, and obviously a pub can go on a lot longer in the evening and maybe you get sort of merrier as you go along and the rest of it. And it's probably dark when you leave, which may be a, a bit of an issue. And, you know, your date may want to... Um, escort you home for example something like that and you may think that's a very nice gesture or you might be worried about it because they're saying mm. oh, i've got the car around the corner and take you off in the car to give you a lift home um so hopefully home <laughs> well, yeah but i mean though we're sort of joking it's not about funny it, but isn't we're it? joking about no, it I know. you know it is a serious issue which you need to no, think know. about and that's why i think you have to sort of prepare yourself in advance and obviously um, as i said i think it is wise to notify people friends or your parents where you're going exactly and who with um and i wouldn't think i'm a parent um i wouldn't think that was a bad idea at all i would much prefer to know that and obviously no doubt at some point i'd be worried if they'd gone on for so many hours i hadn't heard anything and think oh what's going on and the rest of it um mm. but nevertheless it's st still i would know something about where you'd gone where you were who you were with and all the rest of it that's interesting because um Oh, I just don't know. I find it really hard to, not hard, but I, I, I like to keep that type of my life quite private until like anything significant happens. Okay. But I mean, there is a balance there, isn't there? I mean, is your safety and so on. I mean, at the end of the day, you're meeting someone for the first time you don't know really at all. You may have had a chat. You may have had yeah. an online chat. You may have had sort of a, you may have spoken on the phone whatever you may that may be a sort of thing to do as a intermediate thing obviously yeah um, someone I knew did that they they were in a relationship from dating up and they spoke on the phone first and then they met up yeah I mean obviously um you know you've 
probably exchange phone calls and that's one of the things then whether they phone you the next day or three weeks later is a sort of issue you might want to consider as well and that sort of thing there's all little signs about how interested or whatever they are Uh, oh I know but that's oh that's what's so hard like about dating is so much unspoken um words that you just don't know how the other person's feeling that's what I find for sometimes I love being single because you don't have any of that to worry about Right. I, I mean, if you, get, if you understand what I mean. Well, I, I do. I mean, I think that, you know, it, it's really just something you have to sort of, um, you have to do something about, but don't get too obsessed with it, I think is also the issue. Some people I know get really obsessed because he didn't phone me back for three days. Uh, <laughs> um, this kind of stuff. Yeah. As a male perspective, what do you, what's your perspective on that? Well, I think, you know, it is one of these things because, you know, you're both probably thinking, should I phone straight away or not and whatever. And as you say, I mean, also a second date is a big issue. I've seen people say, well, you know, go to the cinema um, maybe. And so- I'd never go to the cinema. Right. You can't talk to them. Well, no, exactly. And in some... Bu- it's such a weird date, I think. Some bars and pubs, you can't really hear it hear anything because you have to shout like mad over the music and all the rest of it as well um mm. which is why a cafe seems to be a rather good place to, to go um, but for, i think so for example i've seen people suggesting you might go to somewhere like a zoo and i find that slightly, <laughs> slightly odd i mean okay you know a day out at the zoo is quite fun but it, it is implying it's a whole day out so you'd be spending some hours with that person you don't really know i think that's a relationship i think sorry i think that's a date further down the line yeah personally exactly I mean, that's what i think i'm saying you have to sort of um <laughs> in the early days i imagine you'd want to really go places where as i said you can sort of make it short if you want to and a cafe is ideal for that because you can just sort of no i don't want another cup of coffee thank you very much and i've got to go now kind of attitude it doesn't seem too rude if you, you know, no um i suppose it's less awkward I suppose the other sort of thing is really that i would argue for honesty um, although I appreciate you might want to feel you're sort of letting someone down a bit because he's really keen and you're not all the other way around um, and that sort of thing. But I think honesty is probably the best answer here. And um, mm. uh, it's it's difficult, but it's really, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to remember back this as long as that when I was doing that dating. But um, I, I mean, for example, I met my wife in a uh, friend's barbecue. So we were a sort of mutual friend. And they had a big barbecue in their very large garden. And there were probably 40 or 50 people there. And, I, and she was one of them and I was one of them. Um, and so that's that's how we met. And that's kind of a typical old-fashioned way of meeting, I suppose, going to a party or something. I think that is interesting how you picked up on honesty because that's so important. And I know I find that personally quite hard because I think if I, if I was in a... I don't know. If I was getting to know somebody and then I wouldn't know whether to say I really like you because also it's I've got such I think a lot of people have a big fear of rejection like I know I deal with it because it's fine because I've rejected somebody before and I felt so awful about it (laughs) but I think if I was on the receiving end of that I'd hate it I think it because if you're rejected you think why like is it something to do with me I think take it it can you can take it quite I think I take it quite personally because I'm quite an emotional person like that but Oh, I don't know. But honestly, it's so important. But then also you don't want to come across as too keen. You know, they say like play hard to get, treat them. What is it? Treat them mean to keep them keen. I don't believe really in that. But I don't know. You don't want to come across as too much or too little. It's really hard. It's really hard, I think. 
Well, that's where the honesty bit comes in, isn't it? I mean, uh, and also there's also some attitude things. I mean, you know, a lot of people still believe um, in there's sort of being one special person for them somewhere and you've just got to find them. And I find that... I do not believe in that. I find that's really quite ridiculous, to be honest. Um, <laughs> because, you know, that one person may be living in, you know, Argentina or something. <laughs> the chance of you meeting them is quite, <laughs> quite limited. Um, but, living in the North Pole yeah, or something. But, you know, the reality is you're most likely to meet up with people who live in the local area-ish. I mean, obviously, we're, we're, yeah, I know. we're near London, so it might be London. Obviously, if you're working um, and so on. And I think... You know, you're. I have to say, I think you're quite young for this. But I mean, later on, when you you are working, for example, the most place that most people meet their partners is in fact at work. And it's interesting to me that because in recent years there's been a sort of um, move in employment or working working places um, mm. to discourage or actually prohibit and ban people dating who are working together. And, really? And I find that really rather odd. I mean, there, there are circumstances you can see where that is an issue. For example, in the financial industry, you might be working on something which um, is quite a secret from everybody else because you're, you're working for one particular client or something like that. And so you wouldn't want that spilled over to somebody else who's working on another one or something like that. Or in legal firms, you know, you're representing different people who are actually opposing each other, that sort of thing. So there's obviously some businesses and some work where you have to be a bit discreet about that um but I, I think that generally i don't see why it's a big problem unless of course you're dating your boss or your boss's boss or something like that then obviously you may get sort of favors because of that or, or perceived favors so there are issues that you can envisage but in general if you're working in a company with you know 50 people um it doesn't seem to me that it would be a big problem but I mean you'd have to obviously separate your work life and your um, social life in some ways um, but I mean I know there's extreme examples particularly in America where um, for example the the boss of Coca-Cola um, literally the boss of the whole company um, resigned because he was actually having a, well, he was having a relationship with one of the staff at the company I thought that was really very weird I saw that. Yeah. I mean, he, he obviously he mm. set the policy, <laughs> so he felt he had to follow it himself. Um, so I suppose that's a good example in sort of ethics and things. But it, it you know, it, it wasn't like he was having an affair or anything. I mean, he, they were both divorced, I believe. Um, but it seemed a bit sort of strange to me. But I, I, you know, it's one of those things which I suppose you have to think about. You do, yeah. I mean, because I'm thinking about my future because I'm at obviously different stages of life. And I'm thinking how will I meet somebody at university or will it be in the workplace? Like, will it be, I always wonder how like things will happen, but you never know. Well, university um, is obviously another place where that's quite likely to happen. Yeah, I was going to say, mm, but I, about the workplace, um, I don't know. It's, I think if you're working in an immediate team with them, that might be a bit tricky. It depends how professional you are about it. It depends how you manage it. Well, I mean, the old-fashioned way in companies dealing with that will be if you were part of a team and the two people were having a relationship, you just basically move one of them to a different team in working, mm. that's, if that's sort of work you can do. So, I mean, there are things to deal with that. But, I mean, it's one of those things you'd have to also make sure – I mean, it would be known by other people probably, but you'd have to sort of formally tell the HR department or some such thing um so it could be a bit embarrassing but i mean you know it's really individual obviously because it is of individual circumstances 
Um, and I think the the other thing I would say to you particularly is that, you know, uh, I have come across women particularly who are sort of paranoid at a fairly young age, I think. So oh, I'm not married yet. And I say, well, for goodness sake, you know, <laughs> wait a few years. You don't need to get married when you're 23 or something. Mm, oh, yeah. No, I, I don't really have that view. I think I just have my view is. I'm what I'm trying my best to do is when I'm single I'm gonna live my life to my best enjoy my single life <laughs> and maximize that opportunity and if I find myself getting to know somebody or in a relationship or something like that then I'll manage that but it's just relationships are difficult especially I think at any age because it is such emotional kind of brings up so many emotions and it's commitment and it's it's just another thing that sounds negative it's 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 a nice thing but it's 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 something else to deal with it's a life sentence um (laughs) it's a life sentence oh god don't tell me that i'm never gonna want to get to know anyone oh anyway um but yeah i just think i can't you've thrown me off now clive i can't remember what i was saying (laughs) um but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I am young. I find it hard um, when maturity levels are different. This is another topic. When maturity levels are different. So say if I was 18 and someone was 18, but they we had different maturity levels. That's difficult because when you're in school, everyone always says like, don't date someone, like dating someone in year 12 when you're in year 13 or dating someone in year 11 when you're year 13 is weird, which I think is a little bit weird. But like when you get out of school, the ages come a bit more blurred. And I think, that's what I struggle with sometimes that I'm sometimes connect more with older people because of my life experiences. But sometimes that seems to be inappropriate to have a relationship with someone who's older. Obviously it depends how old they are, but well, I'm not talking like someone in their forties, but, well, <laughs> but you know what I mean? I think, well, you know, if you look, um, most people generally are um, marry and end up marrying someone who is um, two or three years old. I mean, the, the man is typically two or three years older than the woman although sometimes it's the other way around and people regard that as being rather strange actually don't they yeah but i don't think it is well no i wouldn't think so either i mean statistically it clearly isn't um but again it's it's about the personality and the circumstances and it's not something you should really worry about because um you know you never know the way it might work out i also my friends always say like certain friends say to me Anything that happens like with a boy or a girl or anyone that you are interested in and you're attracted to, um, I think um, you just got to see it as an experience. It's all learning curve. Like, and that's a really good way of looking at it, I think. I think you just see it as an experience. If it doesn't go well, then you've learned from it. And it might have been hard for you, but you've, you know now what you may be. I think when you get to know people, you realise what you want out of a relationship and what you don't want and people that you work, that you warm to and you get along with and you like maybe as a partner and someone that you wouldn't so I think any even if you have an un, I know people can have really really bad experiences with relationships and that's really hard um and that's quite different but if you are kind of just experimenting and stuff I think I think it's good to do that I mean I, I think at a young age I'm trying to maximize that as much as I can because I'm young and I I don't need, I'm not at an age where I feel like I need to settle down or commit at, at the grand age of 18. Well, exactly that's what I think I mean you know you, you've got up to 10 years now when you can have a, a good time and and really sort of get to know people and and 
know what you want in life as well. I think the other thing I would say to you as, as a woman is that you should make sure you do, um, you know, do your education stuff and obviously sort of take up a career and working. And you should sort of approach that as being something you will do sort of all your life, even if you expect probably at some point you might um, stop. Um, and yeah, this is what I think. I have as well. come across some women who basically said, "No, I'm just sort of piddling around doing this job and that job, because I'm just waiting for Mr. Wright to turn up." And I think that's really a waste. Mm. No, I want I want my career first. <laughs> yeah. no, absolutely, why not? That's a very sensible thing to do. And you, you know, yeah, you, you might exactly. be the sort of person who's very entrepreneurial and starts up your own business, and you're impl- employing two hundred people by the time you're thirty. It happens these days. Mm. It does. It's exciting. Well, that's the opportunities that have opened, despite all the things happening around the world, you know, and all the setbacks we've had during the last few years. Um, it's still all open to you. The opportunities are out there. And um, I think that's uh, that's the way to look at it. No, definitely. Well, it's nice to end on a positive note. Well, absolutely. I think so. that's very good. Thank you for listening to The Generation Gap with myself and Clive. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Uh it's good to know that you can listen to the Generation Gap on the Radio Verulam website, the newly created Radio Verulam app, and you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.